We're going to be in verse 16 through 23. And uh, we already, you know, covered last week on uh, how our transgressions, how our trespasses have been paid for, that it was nailed to the cross and that Jesus took it, uh, took it upon him for us. So we've covered that. And uh, this section that we're going to be uh, li- looking at is pretty much, um, it's, it's based on a lot, but it's, it's simple at the same time. There's, there's a lot of meaning, but it's really simple to understand and easy to understand. And, um, Paul's just pretty much uh, within this um, section is going to talk about just how we should live our lives, uh, who, more about who Jesus is, uh, what, what we did when we accepted uh, Jesus in our lives, and that's what Paul's pretty much uh, talking about. So um, starting in verse 16, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James because the translation was way better uh, for me when I was uh, comparing it to uh, my regular English Standard Version. But uh, New King James, it says, So therefore, let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Well, in this very first two verses, Paul is telling the Colossians that let let no one let no one judge you. Let, don't don't go out into these um, festivals or go out to these things being judged just because the way you drink or or eat or so on. Meaning what we do in life, whether we eat, drink or so on, do it unto the Lord. And it's funny because a lot of Christians these days, you know, we think we can go and uh, out to a club, you know. Our position is going out to a club and, you know, having a few drinks and so on. And we think it's okay when really it's not because people are judging us by the way we eat, by the way we drink, by the way we do things in life. And I remember once, I mean, I remember once when I was a, you know, when I came to know the Lord, and I went out, and I, you know, I hung out with my friends and stuff, and I barely um, came to know the Lord, like, within, you know, that six-month period after I became a Christian, you know, and I went out, and I still smoked, you know, I still partied it up and stuff, and I remember one of my buddies, he was just like, wait, I thought you said you're a Christian, like, you shouldn't be doing this with us, like, why are you doing this for, you hypocrite? And he accused me right on the spot, and I didn't, I, I was very, you know, I didn't know much in the faith at all, because I was barely like a newborn Christian six months into it, not knowing a dime, you know, just really going out, doing my own thing. I didn't even read the Bible, I just went to Bible study, checked out the message, cool, hung out with people, thought it was great, and then went back to my old things, you know, without knowing that I was being judged for this. And so... In our lives, we should watch what we do. We should always seek after other people's judgment on us. Meaning, we should we should always become 
all things to all men, as Paul states it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. He states this, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save them. And when Paul was quoting this in the book of uh, um, Corinthians, he's telling the people, man, if if I'm got if if me stooping this low, eating with the poor or whatever, if me by me doing this, if I if I made myself weak to get closer to the weak, then I'm gonna win the weak over. So what he's stating is, I need to lower myself to that level. It's, it's like us. If we were to go out onto the streets and we saw a bum, obviously a person can tell that that other person's a bum and you're not. But if we made ourselves like the bum, how much more is, it, is a person to identify you greater than that bum? They won't. Because they look at you, they'll look at you as a bum because you made yourself lower to the homeless, as low as the homeless is. So Paul is saying that if we lower ourselves in people's eyes, then we may win them over. If we can become all things to all people, hopefully we can save them. Hopefully, hopefully the world can see that in us. Because if we're walking around cocky, knowing everything without humbleness, without brokenness in our lives, people are not going to see anything except another person on the face of the earth. We, we often, in times as I was taking my walk, you know, I, I'm just walking around and I walk down the street um, right around the corner and I'm looking at the houses and we see that, man, these houses are all similar to each other. They're... They're all the same, it's nice, it's beautiful, it's the same, there's, there's some houses that are, that are the same style, but we took this house, if we took this section over here and compared it to like downtown Riverside, there, by no means, there's, there's, it's not going to be the same. And oftentimes we see the world that way, we, we, we look around the world, we try to be higher class, we try to wear, ooh, the seven jeans. Ooh, the Quicksilver shirts. Oh, yay, the Ezekiel jackets. When really, that, has, that, that shouldn't be a part of our life at all. We shouldn't care about fashion as the world does. And we see that the world cares about fashion like crazy. And if you were to go over to Africa and you ask those kids to look at us, they would think we're weird. If kids from Africa came over to Harvest Christian Fellowship, walked inside the cafe, seeing everyone on their laptops just doodling around, they would think that's weird. Just like how we, if we were to go to Africa, we would think, oh my goodness, this is totally different. But by us going over there, it would hit us a lot more harder than but by them coming over here. Because we have so much. So lowering yourself to the standards of another person, to becoming all things to all men, I think it's a great gift to have. If you can humble yourself to anybody, 
I guarantee you and I promise you, you won them. Because why? Because that person will respect you by all means. Because we're blessed here, but you stooping down, lowering yourself, humbling yourself, will win many people to Jesus. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, it said, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When it talks about which are a shadow of things to come, in verse 17, but the substance is of Christ. The substance is of Christ. We know that, you know, medicine or when we're baking a cake, when we're making food, we add substance. So knowing that in a person's life, a Christian, the substance in our lives should be Christ, right? So when people, so, so as, you know, like I was saying before, if we're baking a cake, we're adding a whole bunch of substance. You know, you need flour, you need sugar, you need all these things. And once the product is done and you, and you slice it and you take a bite out of it, it's great, it's delicious, right? In the same sense, every person, you guys, should have Christ in you. Christ dwells in you through faith, just like it said in Ephesians. So, so Christ being the substance in our life, when people come and talk to us and, take, and get a taste of what we have to, uh, to talk to them about or to offer them or to bless them, they should immediately know that something is different about us. Just like we know that when a cake is baked, you know, it looks horrible while you're mixing it. It looks like like mud, you know, or, you know, snow or whatever. I don't know if it's vanilla. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> during these things, it, it doesn't look great, but until it's fully developed and done, it's awesome. And in us, maybe we don't look great. I know I don't look great at all. But man, I pray that when people run into me and when they talk to me, that they would see Jesus in me always. So, those that portray a, a, a celebrity that portrays this fashion, this stuff, we can tell people if they know Christ or not. And I love, and I, not I don't love it, but I kind of like hate it when, you know, those rap artists and, you know, all these other artists, when at the awards night they go up, they get their, you know, their trophy, and they're like, man, I thank God from heaven above. And in their songs, they're just bleeping all these words, you know. And I'm just like, how, do you, how can you say that, you know? Like, in your heart, can you really say that? Like, you, I know, I don't know your heart, and if you're a Christian, awesome, but you're supposed to be the substance of Christ. And if you're not doing these things, if you're out marrying this person and then divorcing them and then marrying that person and divorcing them as a celebrity and then you claim the, to know God, but God's Word says He hates divorce, then what does that make you? Yes, a sinner. But you continually to do it, I pray that God would be gracious to those people and always, you know, and forgive them, of course. But man, we should be the substance of Christ. We should live our lives 
more like Christ. People should see Jesus within us. And moving on to verse 18. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. We'll stop there. I want to focus on, because pretty much let no one cheat you of your rewards, and that first section, we, we know that already, you know. We know we shouldn't let people uh, cheat us. We know we shouldn't worship false things. We shouldn't worship anything except God and Jesus Christ alone. But I want to focus on the second part. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. The reason why I want to focus on this is because in, in all of our minds, in all of our hearts, in this human form skin of ours that we dwell and live in, you know, this body, we get ir irritated, you know, just going back before, like, um, when I was, I was not boasting in Robert, but I was boasting in what Christ does in Robert's heart, you know, we all get irritated, we, we don't have patience, we all worry, we all do these things, but we must notice that it says, puffed up by his fleshly mind, Another, when, when I was reading this, it reminded me of 1 Corinthians 8.1, saying, Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And it's such a key word, puffed up, because it's, it's something where it, it builds someone's esteem up. You're, you're just like, yeah, you know, you, you start dwelling on your yourself. You're, you start to be conceited. You start to you start to get selfish. That word puffed up. And the reason why I want to focus on this is because knowledge does puff up. Our flesh, our mind does puff up. And it sucks, you know. I can't help it sometimes, you know. If I'm if you know, I used to play this game called Counter Strike on uh, you know, on the computer, you know. And, you know, I used to be really good. I mean, I invested a couple of years into this game. And so, you know, it's just a war game. You know, you go out, you kill other people, you know. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. But it's fun, you know. It's just, you know, something for me to just get rid of my anger or take it out on the screen at that time, you know. But I used to be so stinking good at this game. Like, I can... I would work fools, you know, I would work people, you know, just to kill them and knowing on the other side of that computer or around the world that that person's going, dang, you killed me, you know, and they're getting upset, you know, and I used to be so good that when I walked around in like these little PC cafes, people would know who I am and like, you know, I started pumping, you know, pumping myself, I'm like, heck yeah, this stuff, man, yeah, dude, I'm thinking... I'm the master at this game. But then, what happens when I get worked? I'm not the master anymore. And I used to have a problem with that. It, it took over me. When people think you're great, it, it consumes you to the point where you think you're great now. You, you, you forget about God, and you focus in on yourself. And that's why 
we need to be careful when things happen to us and when good things happen to us or bad things. We need to be careful not to con let that consume us. We need to always glorify God in it. If someone came up to me and said, Oh my gosh, bro, I can't believe you did blah, blah, blah. You know, me... As a as a as a regular person would say, oh man, no, you know, thanks, man, no problem. But if I really love God, if I really know who God is, I would give glory to God first thing right off the bat. It wouldn't be to me at all because it's not me doing it, and we need to understand that. If we call ourselves believers, if we if we say Jesus dwells within us. We need to give glory to God in all the great things in life that happens to us because it's God doing that for us in the first place. So the next time someone comes up to you and says, Oh man, thank you so much that... Oh, you didn't have to buy lunch for me. Thank you so much. Praise Him. Praise God for that. Because it's Him that supplied me the, ca the cash to bless you. It's Him. Find a way to glorify God. Don't glorify yourself. And remember, do not let knowledge puff you up. Do not let this fleshly mind build you up at all. Remember that love always edifies. And we know that when love edifies, that love is patient in 1 Corinthians 13.4. We always need to remember that it's love that builds up. And the way to have that love is to be patient with one another and to love one another. In verse 19, And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. So when it says, And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished or nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. The head is God. God is the one that brings forth the increase. I always give this um, this example all the time, you know, when I go to Ramona that we're the body. We here are the body. And I told the club, you know, hey you guys are the body. You guys are the, the hands, the feet, the arms, the legs. Me, I'm just the little pinky toe. That's it. That's just me. I'm just here to be part of the body. We are the body. We need to be knit together. As we know back in about two weeks ago when uh, Paul tells us that our hearts need to be knitted together. We as a body need to be knit together. We need to be there for one another. And as a family here, we, we have to. We need to. It should be the first thing on our minds. It should, it should be, man, Lord, you, know, you woke up this morning, you should be praying constantly for your friends, for your family, for your, fam for your family up, or, in the up, or at the up room, excuse me. We should be thinking about each other. You know, and, I, and I'll be the first to raise my hand. I usually don't think about you guys, but I pray that I do. And when I do, it's a blessing because I want to see you guys here. I want to see the Lord use you. I want to see each and 
every single one of us, including me, be built up in the Lord and to always encourage one another. So remember that the increase is from God. That anything good happens within us is from God. And it goes on in verse 20, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic, or from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the, with the using according to the, to the commandments and doctrines of men. We'll stop right there. Therefore, we've died with Christ. And then, as it goes down to verse 21, Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. As us, we've died to Christ, right? We, we, we've thrown away what we used to be, and we ask God, we ask Jesus into our lives, and we're done away. The old is past, everything's made new. But then it goes on, do not touch, do not taste, do not see, meaning, do not let these, the, the sinful world get to you. Do not taste it, do not, do not touch it. So if, one of, if, if, if I went back to my old days, I used to drink a lot and I used to smoke a lot. Smoking was my number one thing, smoking cigarettes. And it was the hardest thing for me to give up. So me, having God purify me, that I, I don't like that stuff anymore. My my objective, my goal is to stay away from that stuff any <coughs> that stuff. Because if I were to go and maybe looked at it or touched it or or handled it in my hands, temptation hits like that and I can be smoking that cigarette like no big deal. So when Paul's discussing here that we already died to Christ we need to not put ourselves within the midst of handling these sinful things. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 15, I like this so much. Paul says, When then are, are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? Okay, so, knowing that we died to ourselves, and Christ is in us, just because Christ is in us, and yes, His grace is sufficient, it's huge, it's everlasting, does not mean we can go and sin and sin and sin and sin. Because if we do that, we're a slave to that sin. And I like the analogy that Paul gives here because he, he, he um, gives an analogy of a slave. So a slave that continues to sin, obviously his heart has not changed. He's not doing anything right. He's not obeying his master. Meaning, we are slaves to Jesus. So if we continue to sin, we're not obeying God at all. 
Meaning, did we even ever accepted that? Did we even ever wanted that to obey God? I don't think so. Because a person that obeys God, and Paul gives the analogy that the one that does obey God is going to find himself obedient to God. Meaning, the one that the one that wants to glorify God is going to try and do his best, her best, to obey God so that God can be glorified, so that, God, so that you can be obedient to God. Meaning this, we'll never be sinless until we get to heaven, but we can sin less while we're here on this earth right now. So ask yourself those questions. Am I a slave to sin? Do, examine your heart. That's what David did in the Psalms when he, when he, when he asked, Lord, create in me a clean, a, a clean heart. He examined himself. He knew he did wrong when he, when he killed Uriah, when he slept with Bathsheba. He did wrong. And that's why he had to ask God, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Would you forgive me? Please, look inside me. He was checking himself if he was right on with God or not. We should be doing the same thing. Because if we, if we don't check ourselves, if we're not asking these questions to ourselves, then obviously that sin has overcome us. And we're no longer obedient to God anymore. And if we're not obedient to God, is God going to... I, I'm praying and I'm hoping God would always be gracious to us. But in a sense, if we're not being obedient to God at all, is He even going to listen to us? Did we even accept God in the first place? We should always question ourselves. Always question ourselves and how we act, what we're doing. Is my heart in the right place, Lord? When I'm doing something, is my heart in... Is, is this your heart? Is this what you want me to do? Because if we're saying we're Christians and we're going out, we're partying, we're saying, oh yeah, doing all these things, partying, doing drugs, doing all these things, and we continue to do it and we fall so deep into it that we forgot about God. If we, forgot, if we forget about God and we forget that God dwells in us, is God going to forget us? I don't know. We'll wait till that day comes. I'm not saying that God is... If you're long gone, God's not going to ever reach out to you or anything. Because He can do... He can. He can still reach out to the person that is in debt. In debt. But we need to ask ourselves these questions. It's all about us. We get to choose. Whether we want to be in God's will or we don't. Because I believe that a person can just say, you know what? Maybe they're, they're a Christian, but along, along the lines, down the years, they're just like, they lost faith. They don't really care anymore. I believe that that person, if they, if they say, you know what? I don't want your forgiveness anymore, God. Okay, you asked for it. That person chose that. 
And so we must be careful with what we do and continue on the right path always. In the last verse, These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. To wrap this up, to sum it up, just live it out for the Lord. It repeats, that's pretty much what Colossians, the book of Colossians talks about. It's to remember, Jesus is dwelling in us, live our lives out to the Lord, do not be, do not be blinded by this world, do not, let the, do not let anything of this world take you captive of what Jesus wants to do in your life. And Paul, Paul is stating this in the first chapter, in the second chapter. And as we move on in the third chapter, it gets, gets even better. It's more encouragement. Paul right now is just, in these two chapters, are just laying down the foundations of, Be careful. Don't let this world consume you. This is, this is how you need to do. Because remember, the church of Colossae is just, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're going the right path right now. And Paul's rejoicing over that because, the, because in, in that time, they were, they were steered the wrong way. But right now, they're going on the right path. And that's why Paul is Paul's telling them, Hey, you're doing great. You're going the right path. Make sure you don't go that other path again with the false teaching, with the false prophets, with all these things of the world. You're doing a great job. Continue on. That's what Paul is telling these guys over and over, as we can see, almost every like six verses, it's the same thing. It's to remind them. The more that Paul, the more that Paul can remind these guys, the more it would be embedded in their heads that they would actually say, you know what? We are, you know, God is doing a great job over here. We need to continue this. We need to listen to Paul and what he has to say. And so, I know that chapter 1 and 2 are pretty much repetitive. It's just the same thing going, going, going. But as we jump into chapter 3 of next week, I think it's going to get a lot more just better. It's just encouragement like never before. It's just... Paul expresses another side of the chapter to where, boom, you're focused on God. This is where God is. This is where, if you do these things, oh, you're going to be walking like a stud. You're going to be walking that course of life in a, in a way that people would see Jesus clearly.